At La Hart Skoda Kilkenny, we have 0% PCP finance on a range of models of new Skodas for 212. Yes, that's 0% for a limited time only. With service plans from 12.99 per month, now is the time to order your new 212 Skoda at La Hart's. Visit laharts.ie or call 056 704 700 to find out more about our great offers. Finance provided by Skoda Financial Services Ireland and subject to lending criteria. Terms and conditions apply. With a look back over the weekend sport action, this is Full Time on KCLR with Eddie Scully. And you're very welcome to Full Time on KCLR. Myself, Eddie Scully, in the hot seat for the next 50 minutes. Looking back on all of the weekend's sport with some of the big highlights, of course, being the two hurling fi- semi-finals in Crow Park and, of course, Kelly Harrington's heroics over in Tokyo in the Olympics. We'll be catching up with some of the boxing coaches to talk about that. But first up, I'm delighted to be joined on the line by Carlo Hurling star Marty Cavanagh. Marty, good evening. Hi, Eddie. How's things? I'm great, thanks. Marty... Before we get stuck into it there, I see uh, the Senior Hurling Championship started in Carlow at the weekend and it was a case of mouse who for St Mullins. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, good, good win. Yeah, good start for the, for, for the lads. Um, honestly, tricky old game against Ballinghillen, but um, look, you don't really know where you're at kind of going into the first round, but um, look, you're looking for a win at the start and look, the boys, um, the boys hurled well and, and thanks to that. Uh, not too good start, so on to next again now. You're not getting too worried about uh, losing out on your position there with the lads firing everything on all cylinders, Mouse. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus, I am. The lads, are, the lads are going well, to be fair to them. So, uh, look, I'm I, I not sure where I'm at now, to be honest with you. So, look, we'll, we'll take it week by week and we'll see, but it won't be it won't be next week now or the week after, I think. So, um, was there any update on, on the knee injury? Yeah, no, I got I got good news. In Santry, um, the 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 MCL was uh, reattached itself back together anyway. So, look, the knee brace is gone, and I'm and I'm back doing I'm back doing a little bit of jogging, and so look, I'm doing more than I was doing. So, look, it's 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 positive anyway. So, look, it's it's, it's better than it's better than, than than what I was doing a few weeks ago. So, look, it's it's positive enough. So, no, brilliant. That's great to hear. And of course, if you do want to come up and start hitting a few balls of blacks and whites, there, we'll be happy to have you up there and get you going again. But, uh, most the, the game I want to. Touch touch on which is the the Waterford Limerick game. Um, mm. I know you you were very very confident the Waterford getting into the the semi finals, and you were correct in saying that you, you know you thought they were there, but Limerick was just a bridge too far. Yeah, I was at, I was actually up at the match Saturday even there, and um, look, I suppose I I was disappointed in Waterford. I thought I thought I expected more of them, but look, <clears throat> it was the first time I seen that Limerick team in in the flesh. I suppose live so. Like they're 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 huge men, like they're monsters of men, and they're they're not only that they're they're so quick and mobile and, and everything. So <clears throat> look, they just came up against an unbelievable outfit in Limerick. So obviously, look, the, the public could have hurled a lot better than they did. It's not like the hurls and then lost. But I'm supposed to be disappointed that they they lost the way they did. They just didn't turn up, or maybe they, or they, or they weren't let hurl as well. So look, Limerick Limerick are looking formidable going to the final in two weeks' time. So yeah. And just, just, just kind of, I want to touch on a few things during the game. But, but after the game, the the man of the match was interviewed, and you know, I don't know if he was. I suppose it's not really fair. You've had that scenario where a microphone's put in your face the minute a match ends, and you're asked for your thoughts. But he was quite critical of the match being delayed by a half an hour because of the 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 road traffic incident that had happened earlier in the day. But that half an hour delay, like, would it had a have had a massive impact on the players? Ah, uh, sure. Probably would have had an impact, I suppose. I suppose everyone's different, like you know. It probably would affect other individuals than other than some, like you know, other other lads to deal with that situation a lot better. But 
I suppose it would it would look they had their times of going out on the pitch and so on and they were probably they were probably warmed up inside in the Crow Park dressing room and then they got wind of this that they won't be going out for another forty minutes or whatever it was, so they had to kinda of sit back down and relax again and then get then get themselves back up to go again. But look the two teams are in the same boat. So um obviously look there was obviously a big a big uh, delay on, on the M seven so and I suppose forces were coping it so Look, it's I suppose it's, it's I suppose you have different opinions on it. Like, obviously, if you're playing there and you're delayed, look, you would be a bit annoyed, I suppose, because you're you're ready to go for five o'clock, and then when that's put back, you know, you have to reset again and do it all again. So, look, I suppose the different opinions on it. Um, so I suppose it's it's a hard one, you know. Yeah, and then just 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 looking at the game itself, like the Limerick half forward line, you know, it's it's well touted how how brilliant the half forward line, but I thought. The, the full forward, you know, had 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 the game of his life as well. Like it wasn't just the half forward line; it was the whole forward line. Yeah, no, I thought like Hegarty and Lynch. Now, you know, the two of them are usually. The, I thought the two of them were relatively quiet, I suppose, for for their own standards. Like Tom Morrissey was very good. Um, we got a couple of points, um, but the full forward line were were excellent. Now, Galan and Flanagan and, and Casey were running all day. You know, they were, the movement of them was unbelievable to look at. They're, they're constantly running at different sides of the pitch. And it's just something very hard to mark that, like. And Seamus Flanagan, he's a serious, serious hurler. He's after mastering over the shoulder. He gets, he definitely, he definitely gets two or three points of the game over the shoulder. But um, I thought, like, obviously, the half hour line, they're excellent. And, and look, regards, I suppose, regards Lynch and Hegarty, what I mean by that is, I suppose they're scoring. I suppose they usually score three or four points a game. And I think Lynch got maybe got two or three, but, but their work rate is unbelievable. Like they're, they, they, they turn over some ball and they win ball and then they win trees. And so look, they're just they're an unbelievable team. And just for the first time seeing them live, and they're an absolute joy to watch. Now they really are. And just like during the match, um, one of my one of my friends had texted me and said, if if a TJ Reid or a Patrick Horgan was playing full forward for Waterford, that Limerick could be in trouble. He felt. That there was goal chances fired up by the Limerick full back line, and and Waterford just didn't punish them. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, fair, it's a fair point. I thought, like Jay Barron, he was. I, I love Jay Barron. He's an unbelievable hurler, but he was completely out of the game. The field. He went inside in for maybe the last twenty minutes, and he was he was deadly. Like, God, he he got a lot of ball, and he could have had a goal. Like the, the, the ball came hit Nick Wade in the head. He got lucky. But like if you with Darren and, and Desi Hutchin inside there, you know, I could easily say it now because they lost and, and if Darren had to play in the field, an unbelievable game and they won, this we wouldn't have this. But I suppose going forward, like, it's, a, it's an option for him playing Barron inside because I thought he was very good now. His movement was very good. And like obviously Austin Gleason was Barron from forward. I, like he probably could have done with him out in the middle of the field because of his size. Like, you know, Limerick are very big around the middle whereas Wofford wouldn't have been that, aren't as big, they're a little bit small and, so I suppose that's another factor in it, but definitely there was definitely there was space inside. But I thought Warford played a little bit too deep. Like the, the Limerick maybe had two or three lads back the whole time, and it was hard on the Warford forward line at times. And it's just 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 looking at Limerick, like they do seem like the finished article. Like when you were leaving Crow Park, did did you have a feeling that Limerick, you know? And and this is something I seen all of last year. Does it does it seem like that they're playing in almost third gear or fourth gear that they only go to the gear they need to get it to win the game? Like they don't destroy yeah. things like No, yes, yeah, I think so. Yeah. It looks like they're just 
it looks effortless to home like it really does just they just have they, like they have their game they just have their own game mastered like and they have their game plan down to a T and, and and look if they know themselves deep down if they if they can if they can master that game plan every day they go out more than likely to win the match like like they'll probably if they're gonna lose our final they'll be down to themselves they think the the only team that'll beat them is themselves like if they don't perform but I think they'll I'd love I'd love to see Hoggy, I'd love to see Pat Hoggy. Well, I just don't think they'll they'll they'll, they'll, be able to, they'll be able to beat that Limerick team. They're just too good. They're just too good. And how long are we going to be looking at this for most? Is this the next two, three, four, five years that we're going to be watching Limerick dominating? Yeah, well, I think so. Like, I, like so look, they could get caught any day. They could get caught, but like, I think when they get caught, they can't come in 2019 and semi-final, and they came back last year and just you know they they, they were unbelievable. Like, I think if that that might happen. You know, they might get caught in a, in a game once a year where they're knocked out, but when they come back then, we'll be talking about Limerick in an all and same final final more than likely for the next, I don't know, seven, eight years. I'd, I'd be, they'd always, they'd always be there. Like, it's up to every other team out to get up to that standard, but, like, they're just, I suppose the management team too, like, you know, it's, it's, I don't know, they just they seem to have it all there. And I suppose it's their, it's their kind of gold generation now, like, and they're probably going to make, they'll make it probably, to make hay when the sun shines, like. And who's the team best place to challenge Limerick over the next three or four years? Oh God, it's a tough one. Ah, uh, it's hard to know. Like, to kind of Limerick, you have Limerick, and then you have other teams kind of around the same level par. But probably, I'd say Cork just going on their underage. I'd say, Do you know, they're 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 winning under twenties and they're in the under twenty dollar final and they're minors as well. And, I just say Cork because even their team now, their their lot of that team is young, like so. I'd say they're probably the best place, like, but to going forward. So it'll be, it should be a good final. Hopefully, it'll be a, it'll be a close game. You know, Cork will give it everything. Hopefully. No, I, I actually will be in the in the same boat as you on that one. There, I think, I think Cork are the up and coming team. So I'll just get your prediction for the All Ireland final. You're saying Limerick, but by how much, Mouse? I think Limerick will win it by five or six points. I think, yeah. Five or six points. Yeah. Look, I I take that right now. I, I think that'll be a close game, and I'd be happy enough not to see yeah, them getting yeah, pulverised. Absolutely. Yeah. No, but sure, I'm sure myself and yourself will be shouting for Cork anyway. Yeah. No, as I said, I I have a I have have a soft spot for Patrick Horgan. He's an unbelievable hurler. I just love to see him win in All Ireland. Like it'd be it'd be a crime if he if he leaves the if he leaves the senior county with the word. So I'll be I'll be shouting for him. But look, if Limerick win, obviously. They're a joy to watch. I love that Limerick team, but just for the Patrick Horgan's sake, I, I'd love for him to win all Ireland. Mouse, as always, thanks a million for taking my call this evening. Enjoy the rest of your week, and, and hopefully St Mullins can keep their charges going over the next few weeks. Thanks, Eddie. Appreciate it. Cheers. That is, of course, Marty Cavanagh, the Carlo Hurling legend. He's out at the moment a little bit with a, a knee injury, but positive news that he's he's back running and training again, and with a bit of luck, he'll be back out hurling for St Mullins and Carlo in the very near future. Full time on KCLOR. With thanks to the full range of Skoda vehicles at La Hearts, the home of Skoda in Kilkenny, lahartsskoda.ie. And you're very welcome back to full time. On Sunday morning, we all woke up bright and early to, some of us got up really early to watch the fight, but most people woke up bright and early to the great news that, of course, Kelly Harrington had done it and won a gold medal at the Olympics. And I'm delighted to be joined on the line now by Ollie O'Neill. Ollie, you must have been absolutely thrilled by that. Well, uh, you know, I bring tears to your eyes, really. Uh, fantastic victory. 
technical battle was uh, was one of the best contests I've seen in years. Now, and that is the truth. And I'm not just saying that, but it was a fabulous bout. She was down, she was level, she was up, she was down, was and then she when we really wanted, she pulled it. Just after losing you a little bit there, Ollie, can you hear me on the line? Yeah, again, yeah. Sorry, 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 you just went out of coverage there for a second. No, I have you again there. But, Ollie, as you said, it was it was a titanic battle. Like, this was... Like, Kelly went in as the underdog here. Yeah, she was. She was in the underdog because she was... The, that girl, for, uh, for Beatrice Ferrer, she was world champion in 2018. And Kelly was, I think it was 2017. But Kelly got injured and she hadn't went in the championship. And the, due to COVID and everything was put back. So, you know, it was going to be hard. Everyone knew that. Um, and Kelly had a, I'd say she had a harder battle in the quarterfinals against the Italian. And then, you know, uh, again, the girl from Thailand in the semi final was a, you know, a three two split. But she, Kelly produced it on the big day. If I really, really wanted it, she pulled it out of fire. It was a fabulous concert now, absolutely fabulous. Like, you come back up the first round, you're three two down. Any coach involved in boxing will always tell you, you know, try to be up after the first round. But Kelly was down, and she pulled it out of the bag in the second round. And she was down on her feet in the last round, but she still produced the big shots, double cuts and hooks. Uh, when Freire attacked her, she was really ready for the battle. Although it contest all was now to look at. It was lovely. And, like, Ali, how much credit would you give to... Zora Nita in, 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 in Kelly's corner. I like I don't profess to be in any way a boxing uh, expert or in any way a boxing even a, a very passing interest in boxing. I like to watch it, but he, he seemed to change Kelly's tactics mid fight, which I'm sure is probably something that you all work on when you're coaching people. But like is Zor, you know, he he deserves huge credit, I'm sure, does he? Oh fabulous, yeah. He's a fabulous technical coach. Now I was reading today on one of the papers the way he got into into the dressing room the night before the fight uh, and said to Bernard Dunn, the team manager, we have we have we're after looking at the the video, we know how to beat this girl. So uh, but as you were saying it, it didn't work out that was often in the first round. It was technically great. I I like he was up and looks and up and finishing an uppercut. That seemed to that, that wouldn't be a real common combination of punches, but I studied the boy after, and I said, you know, that's what won it for in the second round. The girl kept attacking, coming in low, a low level, and Kelly was catching her doubles and hooks, and come back with another uppercut. She catching her, consistently catching her, was fabulous to look at now. You know, and sorry, the top coach, you know, we cannot say, he's after changing Irish boxing, along with a lot of Billy Welch and a lot of other top top high performing coaches, and Kelly will listen. And she will listen. We have had a girl, a fellow chapel, who took the challenge on numerous occasions. But Kelly will listen to every coach. She's very, very clever because you can learn off everyone. So you know you couldn't uh, you couldn't really put all the credit down to our auntie either. You know she she has great coaches, club coaches, and everything. You know so. She's a very, very intelligent girl, apparently. And, and, and our top coach, Noel Buck, from St. Mary's and Halley, he's a fabulous. He's having produced some boxes, apparently, now. And and just before like before I let you go, because it'd be very unfair of me not to mention it as well, Aidan Walsh picking up a bronze medal, picked up a 
bit of a bizarre injury celebrating the bronze medal and put him out of the, the, the gold medal fight but it's, it wasn't really expected for Aidan to pick up a medal at this Olympics was it? No to be honest with you the athlete's I didn't expect him to win it now to be honest with you he he boxed great for the two fights and uh, he's, he'd be, he's, he's a great boxer he's held down very low and he wouldn't be a big puncher but he's technically good so he makes other people miss he got a good draw and he took a full advantage of it. And he was he was up again Pat McCormick from the Great Britain team. He would have been up again hard for you, it would be a hard battle again. But having said that you now, when his confidence is up after winning the two fights, you know, you never know what would happen. You know, he's he's very, very good in his feet, he's very fast. He wouldn't really get the punchers now. But perfect don't go home about Bell, not bad for that. But, I wouldn't mind going over Bob Bradley's head. I'm sure you wouldn't, Ollie. Ollie, thanks a million for um, taking the call this evening. I can hear it in your voice how proud you are today as as a proud Irish boxing man as well and, and, and how proud you are of Kelly. And, and, and I really appreciate your time there this evening. And thanks very much for letting me speak. Well, thanks a million. You're brilliant. No, that is, of course, Ollie O'Neill, the boxing coach down in Paul's down there, and, of course, father of Darren. It must be a, a great thrill for all them as big boxing people. Just before we go to the ad break there, I just want to point out, yesterday in the Curra, our very own Greg Namana man, Shane Foley, rode a magnificent treble. He rode the winner of the first on Cowboy Justice at 2-1. to one. He then went out and rode the winner of the third race, My Holy Fox. But then, of course, the big race of the day, the Keenlands Phoenix Stakes Group 1, quarter of a million pound race he rode for Hugo Palmer on a horse called Ebro River not really fancied but Shane Dusty Foley gave it an absolute monster ride to get the horse up in a six furlong sprint and he won the race by three quarters of a length and that was a massive day for Shane and ironically for those of you that don't follow racing Shane was riding in Saratoga in the United States of America on Saturday night and then took a private jet back across the Atlantic Ocean and he was riding in the Curra in the first race at one o'clock so some people think these jockeys have it easy I can assure you Shane Foley and his colleagues in the weigh room most certainly don't but Shane he done us all so proud and I'm sure we'll see them all in Gorham Park on Wednesday and you're very welcome to back to full time on KCLR apologies about the connection there with Ollie O'Neill I hope it wasn't too hard to make out the clear passion and joy in Ollie's voice in what he was describing uh, what it meant to him to see Kelly Harrington winning that gold medal in the Olympics on Sunday morning. Just picking up the Irish Examiner today, it said as hurling people, the pride was bursting out of every one of us, even the Kilkenny people. I'm sure when you witnessed the gladiatorial excellence that we've just witnessed at Crow Park, and that was of course Anthony Daly writing on yesterday's game between Cork and Kilkenny, and joining me on the line now is of course my great friend Eddie Doyle. Eddie, is that a fair summation of the game? I was, yeah, it was a you know, as the great Gerald Dan said, it was an epic battle, you know, from start to finish. So, yeah, no, really enjoyable game. Great to be up there, and yeah, really enjoyable. And, Eddie, we just, we, we get into the, the nooks and cranny of it, you know, we, we, we might as well, you know, it's a game that deserves full attention here. So, like, Kilkenny came out of the blocks, they started the game well. Yeah, they started really well, and Cork looked looked a bit, you know, not, I wouldn't say flat, but they definitely didn't start to better the two teams, and well, we went into a half time, uh, you know, point up, but no, definitely Kenny through the first half, you know, it wasn't perfect, but we were we were going really really well, and you know, Cork were there as well, and you know, it was a real tactical battle, you know, it, you know, Cork and the coach, you know, you look at the forwards, I had a, I was sitting right in, in seat one in in section three hundred one in the Cusick, so I had a right that side of the field, but. 
you know, Cork were very, very narrow and played the ball into these channels where there was runners going the whole time and yeah, they were very, very tactical and like you're Kenny, you know, definitely at half time, like said, point up, like we were happy out sitting in the stands, you know, we were a really good game and we were in it, like, you know, definitely in it. And you know, there was there was there was a patch then at the first water break. I was obviously chatting to you a lot during the game, but there was a patch at the first water break and you know, just after it, I thought Kilkenny, you know, they're gonna kick on here. And Yeah, yeah, definitely, because you know, we were chatting away during the match and you know, the players like like John Donnelly, you know, he probably didn't start as, as well as he had played the last couple of years, you know, but he I thought definitely before half time he had come into the game, you know, he had been involved in three or four different things that were really, really good and you know you, you look around the field and there's other players as well coming into the game as well and definitely you know at half time I was saying, you know, gee, like we really are in a good place and you'd be kinda of happy that the, the water breaks are our hot topic at the minute of the conversation. You know, but it definitely suited us. Um definitely suited us the the first water break anyway, you know like we did kick on after you know and it was really impressive stuff and it was just it was fast, it was up and down the field. It was a great game to be at really good game. And like Patrick Horgan, you know, he was, he kind of kept Cork in that game. You know, I'd, I'd said it to you, I, you know, I was worried about the amount of ball he was on. He'd, he'd hit four points from play at that stage in the game. He was just, but th- the biggest thing that impressed you was his movement in general, but you were worried about the amount of space that was being left in front of him. Yeah, like his movement is, his movement is first class. And I remember two years ago, we bet him in the, in the, in the quarter final. And I was sitting in the upper cues, right in the middle, front row, like, and I had a really good view of him that day. And his, his movement that day was excellent. But again, the same thing I knew kind of what to look out for yesterday. Like, and his movement was first class, but you're, but you're dead right. Like, I, I took a picture of it I had it on the phone. I think I sent it on to you. I sent it on to a few people anyway. But at one stage, we had um, Hugh Lawler at full back, and we had Pat Horgan full forward, standing on the edge of the six yard square. Oh, Murphy was standing slightly in front of him, and there was no other player in, the, in, in that half of the field. You know, I actually thought, you know, Pat Horgan played really well, you know, he got his couple of scores. And but I genuinely thought that Hugh Lawler done exceptionally well. He didn't get inside him for a for a goal chance and win the goal and it, Hugh Lawler was under pressure, there was loads of space in front of him. Like like the whole full back line. You know, even even Tommy Welch there at the end of the cup, he really got into it at the end as well, won a couple of balls as well, like really, really good balls as well. But Kilkenny backline were under fierce pressure the whole way. There was a, a real massive amount of space all the way around him, you know, the whole the whole way during the game. And um, I, I I thought Definitely, Kilkenny, Kilkenny backs actually did well. Hundred percent of them very well. And like the battle out around the middle third of the field, um, you know, it, it kind of ebbed and flowed. Like I mean, there was periods of the game where you felt Kilkenny was winning that battle in the middle third of the field, and then you know to get a bit of a bit of an ascendancy and maybe get a bit ahead. But then Cork could take over control of that area and and kick on. Like it really was up and down, up and down, up and down for the whole the whole first. You know, nearly for the whole of the normal time, it was it was up and down, right up until maybe ten minutes to go. It was definitely, but the game like there's so much energy now and so much pace and so much happens in the middle of it. Like you're not going to get any team really that's going to dominate for for seventy plus minutes in the middle of the field. Like you know, players need a rest. Like you know, that's maybe a silly thing to say. Like you know, but when they're out there, but but they do. They can't stay going for for seventy minutes. And like, you want to see the, the walk off the ball and you know, the has to put in a savage shift. So you did like. The way the game has gone and the way backs are breaking forward and all that, like every time that, say, James Marr went forward or, or Paddy Welsh went forward or Kerry went forward, like uh, Conor Fogarty was back filling that gap. Every time there was a puck out, he was, he, his position was kind of centre on his own 65 and he got to the puck out straight away. Like he slowed up the play for, 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 for Cork, I thought. He was in there being a nuisance, really, but 
but he was really really good and like he put in a savage effort there as well I thought yesterday as well and, and like all the players did um, so yeah the likes of that like, the middle third the way the game has gone at the minute like there's just probably, I don't see the stats on there's probably 70% of the game played in the middle third like you know so definitely going to Evan Flo because no, no team is going to dominate there for and just just kind of looking at a couple of the the big the big turning points in the game or the big moments in the game, I mean the the first one we have to talk about is 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 Owen Murphy and the goal for Kilkenny, um, yeah. his save. Like at the time, I thought he'd struck it; it went straight off the post. But after review and watching it about seven thousand times last night, it was yeah. just one of the best saves. You know, now if the ball had been hand passed into Patrick Horgan by O'Connor it was a certain goal because Patrick Horgan was standing on the small square and he'd have blown own and ball into the back of the net but you'd have to say you know it was there for O'Connor to hit he hit it but my god what a save yeah but he, he's just phenomenal isn't he like you I mean you see all over social media there today excuse me um, you know all, all the questions you know, is, is, oh, he's the, the best goalkeeper that ever was and you know it's kind of um, it's in fashion at the minute to praise him but like he, he definitely yesterday that save was brilliant but Owen Owen Murphy over the last few years is consistently just top top notch he's just he's, he's very very good like and even watching him before the game himself and, and Brennan were poking and warming up before the game and he played, do you want to see the first touch of the, of the two players the, the, the goalie and the sub goalie and, and Brennan himself played in the goal and he was very very good but like Owen Murphy is just a top top hurler like you know I was watching a few of his highlights today and you know you, you forget if you weren't following the club scene around Uncle Kenny that He's actually a very good outfield hurler as well, you know, which which thanks to his goal as well. Like, but he's he's a top top goalie, like you know. When you hear the likes of, you know, Brendan Cummins singing his praises and Don Lucuzic singing his praises, you know, the, he he's in good company when they're talking about him being one of the best around. You know, is he the best you've ever seen? Are you uh, old enough to remember Damien Fitzhenry? <laughs> I'm definitely old enough to remember Damien Fitzhenry. <laughs> I'm old enough to see Damien Fitzhenry play half forward for the Wexford 21s in the Park one day. But yeah, Damien Fitzhenry was first class. Or oh, Michael Welshore, another first class goalie as well. Brendan Cummins. Ah, yeah, but look at, I think for all around, for everything he has, even the free taking at the minute, I definitely, you'd have to give it to Owen Murphy. Yeah, no, he's, he is phenomenal. Then, Eddie, I sent you the text message where I said, damn it, we're after throwing this away with much more colourful language than that with about yeah. 40 seconds into injury time and there was phones getting fired and boots getting thrown into everything and then up steps Cork defender coming out bit casual with the ball I would have been expecting him to hit row 27 at a Hogan stand upper carries it out Kenny forwards fight like hell Porrick Welsh wins the ball puts in an absolutely pass. perfect pass, pass. Yeah, to Adrian pass. Mullen and then boom talk me about it Eddie what did that feel like at that time? Uh, apart from actually the feeling of uh, winning the Park when Kilkenny win in All-Ireland I think for me it was definitely the single most highlight I've ever been in Crow Park and I've been going there a long long time like many people are but for me it was just pure elation it was just it was unreal because you're there thinking the whole time just get the ball up the field just get the ball up the field you're looking at the clock and actually these, these seconds are, are, are minutes are going and going and you're thinking no 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 come on come on get up the field and then no, we haven't enough time but you're still praying for it to come up the field and when the ball hit the back, you, you couldn't actually believe, you couldn't, couldn't believe the nest with that bulge. And it was just pure elation and the stand was just rocking. And you're talking, the excitement, you're talking the likes of DJ Carey on the ball back when he DJ was playing and at the peak of his powers or, or Gertha's goal in the you know, nine final. You're talking, it was, at, it was, it was up there. For that, that. Like it was just, like, like I said, it was definitely my single best 
memory in Crow Park without winning. It was just pure, pure elation. And everyone, we went out like, you know, after the match, then we went out to the stand trying to get a stand. Was open. Like, the, the, the feeling in the stand was, you know, I think we had them, like, you know, it was just brilliant. The, the lift they gave to the crowd was brilliant. And look, we didn't but like it was just that single moment was just absolutely brilliant and even talking about it now, but it was just just brilliant like you know then we go into extra time Eddie and, and you have to say that Cork's running game eventually was the undoing of Kilkenny definitely like and Kilkenny were kind of in you know a point or two maybe up I think at the time when they come to the field and you're looking at their goalie poking the ball out to the corner back and he pokes it back to the goalie and he puts it to the other corner back and you're saying you know, as a Kilkenny man, what are Cork doing here? But they have a system there and they have a way of playing and they, they believe in it and they just threw the Kilkenny players up the field and all of a sudden there was room and the great ball out to Jack, at, out to O'Connor and, and, and he just ran. He just ran and the pace of him, and we had, we had backs back there that you think were well able to cover and, and, and get back but they just couldn't get to him. His pace was unreal. Yeah, and it, like the Cork's subs bench contributed now obviously Shane Kingston con- contributed a huge amount of it but it was 11 points is what they got off the bench yeah but like they were that, and that's look to be honest if you're if you're going to be I won't say critical but analyze or whatever for me that was the difference and for a lot of people that was the difference you know Cork brought on fresh legs and Kingston of course but other subs come on and got points too and what like and Kingston got 7 and he said they got 11 points from subs so another, another 4 like that, that's a massive contribution off the bench and you know, we we probably brought back on a couple. Of play- we did bring on a couple of players that were were taken off and have been brought back on again. <clears throat> From last year, maybe we improved a little bit. Maybe the panel was a bit stronger than it was last year. But then, you know, we didn't. You know, we didn't bring on any. Maybe, maybe with all the improvements we did make this year, and I think definitely we did make improvements. Um, there's obviously room for more improvement again. You know? Standing closer to that phone there, Eddie, I'm finding it's hard to hear you in bits there, but uh, you, 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 you definitely feel that they've improved um, over the last 12 months. Yeah, we've had, we, I, I think we definitely have improved. I mean, you know, we got to a semi-final last year, we got to a semi-final this year, but, you know, we brought the team this year to, to extra time. Um, I definitely think we've we've improved 100%. Obviously, look, not enough. We didn't win yesterday, but we were bet- by a better team, I think, in, in all. Um and it's about just improving the whole time and, and, and next year having to undergo at it again and, and trying to improve and bring more players onto the onto the onto the panel and, you know, freshen up the ideas again and the whole thing and, and try to be positive and ho- hopefully we improve, you know. Yeah, and it's like I have to say, you know, to be fair to Kilkenny, they they won a Leinster title this year. You know, people might say, oh, they they, they beat they beat Dublin in a Leinster final. Dublin knocked out Galway in in, in, in the championship this yeah. year. They beat Wexford after yeah. extra, you know, they beat Wexford after extra time. You know, they took Cork. Like no team has beaten Kilkenny in normal time this year in the championship. But like to 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 their credit, you know, as a person, you as a big Kilkenny hurling fan, like I, I'm sure you could have no quims or quams there was nothing left behind these lads gave everything on that field yesterday I know the players on the field yesterday like they were brilliant you know in fairness you could see it and, and you know I was mentioning the ticket there a minute ago off to one side but it was close enough to the field close enough that you'd nearly see their faces when they came to the sideline and they, you know they were going for every ball and you know you could see the, the drive and the passion in their face obviously they represent Kilkenny like you know it was brilliant but after the match again like I said when the helmets come off you could see them they were absolutely out on their feet they gave everything they had and I think personally you know you know, that's all you can do. Like, you know, as a player on the field, that's all you can do is, is give everything, do what you're asking. And they all did that. They all gave everything. And look, it was a, a you know a day that we got beaten in, in Crow Park, which is never a good day. But 
you know, I think the players themselves deserve huge credit for the effort that, that they gave. You know, at the start of the year, if you said we got to a semi-final, you know, we take that definitely. We'd want to win it, obviously, but I think no, the players give absolutely everything. Like the, like I said, like the Conor Fogarty, who doesn't ever get the limelight, even just like, he covered every blade of grass in, in Crow Park yesterday. You know, like Tommy Welch, you know, immense at the back as well, Hugh Lawler, Rohan Murphy, all these lads, you know, they were, they just gave everything they had yesterday, you know, and ultimately they just they, they didn't get, you know, the, the win, but they, Jesus, they gave it everything, you know. Yeah, and even Paddy Teague and Paddy picked up a yellow card early in the game, a bit of a harsh one to be fair as well, but, you know, he, he, he managed to keep himself on the right side of the law for the rest of that match, which wasn't easy in a game where he would have been under immense pressure too, and I think that in itself deserves a bit of praise, but the one... The one thing I want to leave you with there, and I want to just get your own thoughts, and I spoke to Mouse Kavanagh a few minutes ago, and Mouse was kind of saying the same thing, but I interviewed Eddie Kerr on Friday night for the Clash Act. Anybody that wants to listen to that back, they can get it on on the Clash Act podcast. But when I spoke to Eddie Kerr, I thought it was very interesting that he said, look, Limerick are are, uh, a top-class team, but he said, I think Cork could dominate Hurling for the next six or seven years once they get that first All-Ireland title. And he said, they're coming, and they're coming soon. Yeah, like I don't think uh, personally, I don't think you can actually, you know, you can actually predict, uh, predict um, uh, you know, dominance like that. You, like it's very hard to predict an All Ireland win. Um, never mind the dominance like that. So look at, you know, Cork or Coleman. It's a long time since they were there at the one All Ireland final. Um, you know, Limerick are definitely the farm team at the minute, and I think anyone to say, you know, I don't think you're going to dominate Limerick at, at the current farm they're in. So. Look at that. That's Moses' opinion, but um, I don't see anyone dominating Limerick. You know, um, anytime soon, really. To be honest. So your prediction for the All Ireland final as one of the greatest magpies in the history of sport. I would like to point out as well when you text me on Saturday to say Waterford by two points, I responded by saying Limerick by ten. Um, I would like to get your prediction for the All Ireland final. Uh, I think you'd have to go with Limerick, and I think you know the obvious, the obvious choice. But I think you'd have to, you'd have to go with Limerick. By how many, Eddie? Um, you know, I, I think it'll be a tight game and maybe Limerick by, by five or six points maybe that's yourself and Marty Cavanagh predicting the exact same outcome of an All-Ireland final there and both he predicting Limerick by five or six points Eddie as always it's been an absolute pleasure I'll chat to you in a little bit there you mind yourself I will take care Eddie Come that is, of course, Eddie Doyle there uh, chatting to us and bringing us up to speed with the Kilkenny Hurling match, which I'm sure he immensely enjoyed. Just to bring you up to date with some of the other results in the Camogie world, our intermediates are through to the quarterfinals or semifinals. I think the draw for that is tomorrow, but they topped their group there with a big win at the weekend. They won two seven to nine points against Cork in the intermediate Camogie and in the minor All-Ireland Championship at full time. It was Kilkenny two goals and 13 points. Wexford one goal and seven, which means Kilkenny topped that group as well and goes straight through into the knockouts. And at that, Ashley gives me a thumbs up and we can go to an ad break there. Is full time on KCL or with thanks to the full range of Volkswagen vehicles at Lahards, the home of Volkswagen in Kilkenny, Lahartsvolkswagen.ie. And you're very welcome back to Full Time on KCLR. With all the sport and action and all the excitement and the hurling and the club championships getting back up and running and of course Kelly Harrington, uh, Kelly Harrington winning a gold at the Olympics, it would be nearly easy to miss the fact that we had the British and Irish Lions out in South Africa playing what I would say was one of the worst most boring tours in the history of rugby Killian Lett am I wrong? Um, probably up until Finn Russell came on the pitch on Saturday I would have agreed with you but um, 
Who would have thought the injury to Dan Bigger might actually spark a game of rugby into life? Um, it was a tough watch, though, wasn't it? It was, uh, and I, like, I, I, I don't know. I think you're dead right about Finn Russell because it seemed like there was a bit of imagination, and there was, do you know, there was. It, it, uh, am I wrong? Like, I, I'm not a massive rugby fan, but it seems that there's just this simple tactic that Gatland has the Lions playing, and it's quite boring. It's monotonous. It's not off the cuff. It's not, do, do you know, the bit of excitement, like a Brian O'Driscoll. Yeah. Oh, completely agree. Um, it, it, it probably worked against Australia and New Zealand in the past because I suppose if you try to match New Zealand with skill and Australia with skill, you might struggle, and that's why they probably went for more of a power-based game. But that doesn't work against South Africa. Like South Africa, love like the contact, the physicality. Like Razi Erasmus, only too delighted for the game to go on so long and to be so slow and so soft start and. Oh, to be honest, Eddie, I thought he got it all wrong and he probably would have got it even further wrong on uh, Saturday if um, Finn Russell hadn't came on and actually allowed the line to play with a little bit more wit and creativity. And just the Irish players, like, before I get on to the actual players' performances out there, there was two opportunities. i seen one near the end of the game where the, the Lions were given a penalty and you know if they'd have kicked the penalty, they'd have drawn. And, and, and uh, they went to the they went to the touch. I can't get look. To be honest, it was it, it, it was crazy. Actually, uh, the game management. I know they got the reward where they got a try from a push over mall, but they really should have started to, uh, taking points earlier in the game. Uh, like Finn Russell didn't miss a kick all day, and yet they persisted with going to the corner when. To be honest, Eddie, it's cup rugby. <laughs> you know what I mean? If you win by a point, it, it, it's as good as anything. Like three 0 is. All you need to do to win the series out there, like, and it was just madness. Actually, it was. But who, who makes them calls, Killian, on the pitch? Like, I mean, like you've played rugby at a high level. Is it the captain? Is it the manager? Is it pre-agreed? Yeah, or well, captain obviously has the final decision on the pitch, but like management obviously would have said during the week maybe to be a little bit more aggressive. And but like you saw a game there at the weekend. It was only like South Africa's try came off. A miss, misfielded a box kick where Willie LaRue was able to make a break and had done a little bit of brilliance from Cheslin Colby. Like, they didn't really create too much, and like, they should have just been keeping t- uh, the scoreboard ticking over. But look, it was madness, really, of a madness, actually. Yeah. And just just looking at the, the Irish players' performances at the, at, the, at, the, at the tour, and we'll see who your tournament player of the tournament was we leave Robbie Henshaw to last because he was obviously the player of the tournament <laughs> I, I, I let's not kid ourselves here um, as a fellow Athlone man and a proud Gary Castle man like myself we both know that Robbie was uh, outstanding but you know Wexford man Tyke Furlong he leaves that tour with a huge amount of respect class yeah I know Tyke's brilliant probably the best in the world at his position and uh, he's brought Tyke had like I suppose the position to a new level he's just deadly and Look, we're very fortunate. I keep mentioning it every time I'm speaking to you about it, but Tiger's just class. Like he can do it all. And um, you know, just 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 talk me through some of the Irish players that were in the squad that you felt you know, uh, you know, had 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 good tours like Jack Conan. You know, yeah. obviously, obviously had a had a very good tour. Very good. Uh, he was class. Well, again, he was very good. Probably like he he definitely had the second uh, in the second test. He had the most carries. Um, like he, he was very physical and he's abrasive. Uh, he definitely comes back with a like a tick beside his name from the tour. Uh, Tyke Byrne was probably pretty unlucky. Uh, I don't know what he really did to not be involved for the final test. 
Uh, Ian Henderson, again, probably could have been involved. Uh, I honestly don't know what Conor Murray has done for... I. For the life of me, I don't understand how Ali Price is getting picked. Uh, I thought he was bad again on Saturday. I know Murray mightn't have been great in the second test, but I don't know. Surely Murray, for what he's done for the Lions, like on the two previous tours that he's been on, I just for the life of me, I can't understand. Uh, Don Diaki obviously came in. He was physically made himself do, I suppose, his presence be felt, presence be felt on Saturday. Uh, but Robbie Henshaw was class. Uh, again, just really, I suppose, solidified in where he is at the moment, and he's just in really, really good form. So you'll be thrilled to hear that, anyway. Uh, yeah, no, but it's like I mean, any Irish person that likes Irish sport will be thrilled <laughs> to hear Robbie Henshaw is yeah. starting to to live up to the bill. And I think it was Brian O'Driscoll who said on the Late Late Show, um, "We've nothing to worry about. There's a player coming behind me that's better than me." Um, I don't think Robbie's got to that level yet, but you know, no. he is starting to really, you know, uh, yeah. he, he, he probably wouldn't have well. I don't know. He did have, I suppose, that explosivity, like where he was doing similar things what maybe Brian O'Driscoll did initially. But I suppose the last couple of years, and he probably turned into a different player. But just at the weekend, like as the game was kind of coming to a conclusion, he just made a great line break and really generated the, the momentum of this. They got the penalty, which they probably should have taken uh, three points, where they went to the corner. And so, you know, he, he was really, really good again. Do you know what I mean? And it probably says a lot that he was injured early on in the tour and yet he came back and started all three tests. And of course, they, you know, it'd be it'd be remiss of us not to at least uh, acknowledge um, the, the the original selection for captain for the, the Lions tour who I think he shipped a, a bad shoulder injury in a, in a warm-up game against Japan. Yeah. But, yeah. but managed to come back out and play in the tournament. Like, I mean, you know, Alvin Jones, like, I mean, what type of level would you give, you know, what would you say there? Legend status, I'd say at this stage, isn't he? Like, I think that was 12 tests that he's played in a row uh, for the Lions. Not like, we have Paul O'Connell up there, but I think he's probably another level on, uh, or definitely same level as Paul O'Connell. He is just a freak. As I said, 18 days he was back playing after a dislocated shoulder, and like he. I don't know. He's just an absolute legend, and I suppose, Eddie, the toughness that he must have to come back from that, like, I'm not sure if you've ever dislocated your shoulder, but it, it is bloody painful, do you know what I mean? And, like, what he did is just, <laughs> it's brighter over kind of stuff. It was, and i just seen him being interviewed after the game, and he, he yeah. was so emotional, and, you know, like, like he, he genuinely was, and the reporter stupidly asked him, was it his, his last Lions tour? I'm uh, pretty yeah, confident yeah. it is. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, 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 I don't know, well, if he's back after 18 days, I don't know, maybe it's something new or something, but, uh, uh, look, you just see, I thought, like, I, th- I think you see why he's held such a, a high esteem, like, uh, like, to be, he just seems like a top-class bloke, doesn't he? Like, like there he is, after do- accomplishing so much in the game, like, captain the Lions, back after 18 days from being, like, a serious injury, and then he just seems like a good person, like, really disappointed and, Quite as you said, rightfully said, like emotional after the match. He's just, I look, he seems to be just a bit of a legend, let's be honest. And we leave it on our best friend and our person that we both admire hugely and think is a wonderful coach, probably the greatest coach in the history of rugby, Warren Gatland. Can he leave the Lions throw with any credit? Oh, God. Um, I look, I just for me personally, I 
I don't understand why you've tried to play South Africa at their own game. Like you saw there in 70 minutes. Uh, I know you can say it's like South Africa missing Faf de Klerk, uh, Dwayne Vermeulen, Peter Stettertal uh, were definitely hampered by that, but they just played some really, really good rugby, much better wits, and it just showed what could be done when we actually went out and attacked as opposed to this box-kicking structure, slow rugby, like offloads, just couldn't live with it. You know, like South Africa are a big, cumbersome, like physical team. Like you just have to out rugby them. Like do you know what I mean? And just use their skill levels. And I, I think he missed a trick. And definitely, like how they didn't win that game on Saturday will still, I'd say they're still questioning themselves today. Like that was one that definitely got away. So. Warren probably doesn't come back with a tick beside his name. No, and on that note, Killian, we leave it right there. Thanks a million for keeping me up to date with all of the Lions tour. I look forward to chatting to you again soon. No worries, thanks Ed. That is of course Killian Lett, former Irish A captain there and a rugby star from Wexford. 0% finance, 100% confidence. With a 212 Volkswagen Atla Hearts Volkswagen Kilkenny, we have new car offers including low-age PCP finance on a range of models, including the all-electric ID3, the iconic Golf and the new Tiguan, along with service plans at $12.99 per month. Visit lahartsvolkswagen.ie Volkswagen. Finance provided by Volkswagen Financial Services Ireland and subject to lending criteria. Terms and conditions apply.